Hello and welcome to Potternot, a podcast for new and returning readers with conflicted Harry Potter feelings. I am Adela, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a tired fan. <laughs> I'm Zoe, she, her, a jaded fan. And I am E, my pronouns are she, they, and I am a reluctant fan. This week we will be diving into the good and the bad of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 23, nope, chapters 21 to 23, the House Elf Liberation Front, the Unexpected Task, and the Yule Ball. All of these chapters are basically about the Yule Ball. Yeah. Yeah, basically. We have once again split this into A, B, and C plot. A plot, Harry needs a date. B plot, Ron is kind of a misogynist asshole. C plot, House Elves and Hagrid. The author begins to attempt to write relationship drama. Yeah, and doesn't doesn't not succeed is what I'll say. Oh no, it, yeah. no, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is character. dramatic. It is yeah. dramatic, and it is in character, and it is uh, realistic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is realistic in that it is frustratingly misogynistic from both Ron and Harry. Mm-hmm. Ron is like, it is, it is so bad. And there's, there's the line that I'm sure we all flagged that is so, so bad regarding Ron and his misogyny, but it's not great with Harry either. No. Yeah. It's, it's less bad. When but... the whole thing starts, it's like, it's that like giggling girls thing again that we talked yes. about last time. Yeah. It's just like, Nobody has names. They all travel in packs. Like, there it was a random, a random third-year girl that he doesn't know the name of, and a random fifth-year girl that he doesn't know the yeah. name of, and a second-year also. Teen girls do travel in packs, but you could be less gross about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do teen boys, by the way. Yeah, teen boys. Oh, yeah. travel. Teenagers, teenagers travel in packs. And by the way, the teen boy packs much more terrifying. Yeah. The uh, funny moment that I wanted to mention was uh, right at the very beginning, Harry, Ron, and Hermione go up to the Owlery, and Harry has written Sirius a play-by-play of his. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cute. And I he's using Pigwidgeon because he needs to send a different owl, and he throws Pigwidgeon out the window. Pigwidgeon plummeted 12 feet before managing to pull himself back up again. The letter attached to his leg was much longer and heavier than usual. Harry oh, hadn't been I... able to resist giving Sirius a blow-by-blow. So cute. Yeah, that was that was really cute. Yeah. Love and Pig also Widgeon. when Pigwidgeon returns and yeah. he's just like showing off. <laughs> Pigwidgeon is not very good at his job. But also he is the happiest. He is the Happy. happiest little owl. Like Ron is flailing his arms around and, and Pigwidgeon is just like, wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The TikTok uh uh sound that goes wee. <laughs> that's that's Pigwidgeon. That's Pigwidgeon um, to a T, absolutely. Just empty brain, no thoughts, just <laughs> movement. Um, this is the chapter where we mentioned the line about the Hungarian horntail miniature curling up yeah. next to Harry's bedside. So, just some cute moments before we find out yeah, about a the very a very ball. nice uh, Gryffindor like common room scene. Yeah, big fun. Like, Hanging out, being teens together. Turning people into canaries. Poor Neville. Poor Neville. (laughs) 
Um, also attempting to, this is just like the first chapter in this chunk is a lot of like small moments that are mm-hmm. either fun or bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other fun moment was, uh, trying to attempt to see if the scroots hibernate. Um, <laughs> they don't. By just putting them in beds. Yep. <laughs> oh, but E, they've got pillows and fluffy blankets. This yeah. is like it's exactly like in the first book when Hagrid gave Norbert a teddy bear. Teddy bear with like that he immediately ripped up. Yeah, <laughs> he is doing his best, and he does not know a goddamn thing. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's wild. Yeah, the first chapter in this is a lot of just like. Ron and Harry get to catch up and then they go visit the kitchens. Yeah. Um, Which uh, Zoe and I were saying before we started recording, we had forgotten that that chapter doesn't really have the, it doesn't have the activism thing at all. So we really don't have that much to talk about it other than, hey, there's a lot of house elves here and that's a problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we get more like, more explanation from the author as to what house elves like think and feel yeah. and from dobby's perspective which makes things worse from dobby yeah. and also from from winky winky yeah e did you um, have any big house elf thoughts for this section of the chapter not much that we haven't said before okay it's like I can see where the author is going here, right? Because there are, like, in a lot of mythologies, little creatures that love to help. Yeah. And that's, if you did it in a way where you weren't using concepts of slavery. And explicitly saying they are enslaved, they have to follow their master's will, they cannot, like, say anything against their master, like. Yeah, like, if she hadn't twisted it into this whole weird thing, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, little friendly creatures that love to help is not, like, is not a bad concept. Yeah. She, by making it her own version, like, by not just using, like, the brownie myth or, you know, fae stuff, and by making it her own she made it so much worse mm-hmm. can i i had i had the paragraph <laughs> um i wanted to read the the so they're talking to dobby and this is where like harry is interested and involved in this conversation and i wish that he was more interested and involved in solving the problem but uh like when harry specifically is talking to dobby about uh Dobby getting a job at Hogwarts um and Dobby says that uh um that Dumbledore is paying him a galleon a week and one day off a month and Hermione's like that's ridiculous like <laughs> he needs to be paid more than that Professor Dumbledore offered Dobby 10 galleons a week and weekends off said Dobby suddenly giving a little shiver as though the prospect of so much leisure and riches was frightening but Dobby beat him down miss Dobby likes freedom, miss, but he isn't wanting too much, miss. He likes work better. Yeah. Yeah. And in another context, that could be okay. And then Hermione asks if Dumbledore is paying Winky, and Winky, like, freaks out and is like, that's the worst possible thing you could ask me, basically. 
and yeah. uh, which like why is Dumbledore not why hasn't Dumbledore not done anything about this? He just yeah, waited for probably... a house elf to be like, hey, do you, can you pay me? And then he paid him. But like, yeah, from like from Dobby's reports here, Dumbledore is totally on board with house elves getting paid. Dumbledore, you run. But the only school. if they, yeah, only if they go to him and ask. So I think that. God, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, if we. I also don't think it's ne- like I don't think it's necessarily because if, if we're talking about brownies and stuff, it's it's not necessarily about specifically the pay, right? It's just, um, it's it's about being a volunteer instead of a slave. Yeah, yeah. I think that if we buy into the author's idea here, which obviously the three of us don't, but let's say we did. What Dumbledore is doing in the author's eyes is respecting their yes. culture. And so yeah. by not saying, if you work at Hogwarts, I pay you, he's quote unquote respecting the house elf culture. But uh, the next page. Yeah. Which Hermione is not doing, and that's why Hermione is being written as like. Right, which is, right. Why, which is why Harry's being written as opposed to Hermione, because Harry's like with Dumbledore on this. Yeah. Which is like, he'll support Dobby. But also, he's not going to do things that the other house elves don't want. And the the problem, of course, we talked about this a little bit before, is the language that she uses, right? If you use the word slavery and freedom, then you can't paint it anything other than slavery and yeah. freedom. But Dobby uses that word, and it's, yeah. it's very much a, <laughs> I'm not sure that word means what you think it means to, <laughs> to JKR. Because um, Harry's asking, can house elves speak ill about their masters? And Dobby says, tis part of us house elves enslavement, sir. We keep the secrets in our silence. We uphold the family honor. And we never speaks ill of them. The Professor Dumbledore told Dobby he does not insist upon this. Or so Professor Dumbledore said, we is free to call him a barmy old codger if we like, sir. And that's the it thing. It's very like, difficult to read Dobby's accent. It's so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, will, I cannot go into it again, but so bad. You know, although I was reading it. It's very similar to Gollum. Mm. Gollum doesn't do is. He does is a lot. I guess he does. But he does we is. Saying, yeah, that's because he's using we as a singular. Like, yeah, it's a, I feel like it's different. But yes, it is true. So I, I was just thinking about that. I can imagine there was... She may have straight up stolen that from... Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing there was either conscious or subconscious influence from lord of the rings but in any case it's it's hard to read out loud because of the fact that she doesn't understand how to write this but also dobby says it's enslavement and then he speaks ill of the malfoys in an extremely vague terms um and goes and tries to bash in his own head and harry sees dobby by the back of his tie and pulls him away from the table uh thank you harry potter thank you you just need a bit of practice so you're right. Harry is yeah. the same as Dumbledore. He's respecting the quote-unquote cultural wishes of this enslaved group. Yeah. Based on the fiction in the world of this fiction, if we take it as it is written, there is a culture here to be acknowledged. But there obviously isn't. Like, if you take yeah. two steps back, there obviously isn't. And this is just an enslaved group of people. So Yeah, like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. All of it, everything about it is broken. Everything about it is broken, and Winky is such a great example of this. 
Yeah, it's all like in Winky and partly like in Dumbledore or in Dobby. They're both talking about like how like they want to work for, you know, the families that they're enslaved to. Like they want to take care of them. And this is brought up again later by um Percy, I think, who's yeah. like yeah, it super sucks that Winky isn't working for their family anymore. It's the whole perspective that like this quote unquote like not symbiotic, but like it's an exchange. Except it's not because the households mm-hmm. don't get it. It's one sided, yeah. Like usually with a with a like brownie mythology or something, like even if they're not getting paid, they're getting gratitude or they're getting like you know, they're getting whatever it is they want in return. I think the question I have is, can can Dumbledore re-enslave a freed house elf? <laughs> like, why, given that he wants to, in fiction, respect the culture of house elves, yeah. why would he not just give Winky a Hogwarts oh, tea Winky. towel? Yeah. Like, why, it makes sense within the fiction that we don't buy into for Dobby, but not for Winky. Yeah. I was always under the impression that Winky was not working at Hogwarts. Winky is just there because Dobby brought her and she has nowhere else to go. And Dumbledore was like, mm. she can stay here. But I think it may make a difference that Winky was sacked, not freed. Well, I think they're the same thing. They are the same thing. It's just a matter of tone when you do it and circumstance. Because technically Dobby was also... No, sure. But I do think that Winky works there because Dobby says, "Where? why doesn't Dib- Dobby and Winky find work together? Where is there enough work for two house elves? And Dobby thinks, and it comes to him. Yeah. I think technically Winky is supposed to be working. She may just be refusing to. She may be refusing to. It's yeah. also possible that within quote-unquote house elf culture, once you've been quote-unquote freed, <laughs> you can't be re-enslaved. God, the language around this. Yeah, like, she feels like she is disgraced to the point of, like, she cannot function as a house elf. Yeah. Because of this thing that's happened. Yeah. It's all really gross Um, and bad. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, I wish that the author had just left it at Dobby and then never touched this concept again. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So I was, yeah. Like right before starting this reading this chapter, I was like thinking forward into the next three three books yeah. and was like, God, it's not gonna get better. No. Like every time she dives into it, it's not going to go worse. away. It's going to continue to be a theme. It gets worse and worse. She should just stop. Mm-hmm. Just just write just write teen relationship drama. Realize that she is incapable of stopping. Yeah. <laughs> That is the biggest, one of the biggest problems with this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just, like, be aware that Winky continues, like, we're going to see Winky again in this book. And we're going to see other house elves in the future, and we are going to have to continue talking about this. <sighs> one positive thing to say, it is very cute that Dobby puts together his yeah. own Yeah. Yes. And... Like Harry and Ron give him their socks that they and don't a sweater. want for Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dobby has a Weasley sweater now. Mm-hmm. If it 
hadn't been spoiled by the whole situation. Yeah. That would be very cute. It would be very I cute. I also love that Harry not only wears the socks that Dobby gives him, but wears them to the Yule Ball. He wears them to the Yule Ball. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I suppose they do go with his um, dress robes because his dress robes are bottle green, um, which is so cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very in character for Harry to just like not consider at all what he's wearing yes. besides mm-hmm. oh I have dress yes, robes. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, well yeah, it makes sense cuz he grew up not ever having like choosing what he wore. And, yeah, like, I think it's he, also just yeah. in character for him to just like not put together an outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Like just wear the clothes that are there. Um, the conversation with McGonagall and Harry about Harry having to get a dance partner <laughs> and dance is very funny. Harry doesn't dance. <laughs> Just the, I'm not dancing. It's traditional, but I don't <laughs> think it just, this poor boy never learned how to dance, doesn't know how to move his feet. Yeah. Like, I, I love, I love the, um, Parvati, like, steers him. She is leading in the dance. Yeah. Um, shout out to her. Shout out to she her. knows what she wants. Yeah. And she goes after <laughs> it. Uh, I, I love it. It's great in the movie. Uh, he actually has to learn like a dance. And apparently Dan Rad was not particularly good on his feet either. Perfect. That's very cute. In the movie, they all have like a dance. They have like a Gryffindor dance lesson with McGonagall. Yes. And it's hilarious. It's, it's great. Um, <laughs> Honestly, what teen, what teen is good on their feet? The, the ones on TikTok and that's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very funny to me but this is also the part where we get the uh lasso a teen girl from a pack because <clears throat> they all giggle and move in packs so yeah which she also does with tro yeah zoe and i both have the note about the twins conversation i love that scene i love the scene of the twins like asking harry and ron if they've found someone yet. yes and then yeah. the way that fred asks angelina out is just great <laughs> i enjoy that yeah that's good yeah it's very funny uh who are you going with then said ron angelina said fred promptly without a trace of embarrassment what said ron taken aback you've already asked her good point said fred he turned his head and crawled across the common room oi angelina angelina who had been chatting with alicia spinnett near the fire looked back at him what she called back you want to come to the ball with me angelina gave fred sort of an appraising look I read that wrong, but whatever. All right, then, she said, and turned back to Alicia Spinnett and carried on chatting with a bit of a grin on her face. Just like, Fred has confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so does she. And so does she. Like, And also, they're probably already, like, good friends. Yeah. So it was like... <laughs> the fact that she gives him... Because Fred... Because Harry and Ron and Hermione... Well, Harry and Ron don't talk to anyone other than each other. <laughs> and other people have other friends it's also very funny that that angelina like gives fred an appraising look like you can imagine her on the yes. other side of the common room kind of like leaning back and going like up and down and then going like yeah all right as if she hasn't seen yeah. him naked so many times in the showers after uh, a quidditch match because they are both on the quidditch team it's very funny the movie version of this scene is equally good but very different um you'll really enjoy it e they're in study hall quote unquote um and fred like 
pantomimes going, asking out Alicia or um, asking out Angelina uh, who's sitting next to Alicia. And it's very, it's just as good. Like it's, it's a really great very little good. scene and it allows Alan Rickman to have fun as Snape for the first and last time. Um, <laughs> it is the only moment in any part of Snape being Snape where you're like, aw, he's a human. <laughs> so I, I do look forward to you watching that particular scene. Yeah. I, I, I reject that as part of Snape's character, but I also appreciate Alan Rickman having fun. So, you know. Very much so. Um, Harry asking Cho out is the most awkward <laughs> And relatable conversation, not the not the specific like topic of asking someone out, but just the way that they are talking yeah. is very relatable. As someone who is not good at having conversations, yeah, and especially like two people who have never really interacted had a conversation yeah. before, trying to go straight to a a thing like asking them out on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also just as awkward and very cute in the movie. Um, I think that they do a lot of really great direct adaptations of these awkward scenes in in the movie. Um, I do want to, before we talk about Ron shouting at Floor, we should talk about why it is that he's trying to ask out Floor. So... Yeah, the conversation with Hermione. Yeah, after Fred and Angelina decide that they're going... um, this is why I was so surprised that you saw Fred as gay, right, Adela? No, George, not Fred. George, okay. I yeah. was going to say, because George like appears to be totally nonchalant about not having a, a date to the ball. Anyway, yeah. um, Anyway, uh, Ron says, we should get a move on, you know, ask someone. He's right. We don't want to end up with a pair of trolls. And Hermione, of course, is mm-hmm. indignant. Yeah, as she should be. As she should be. We did promise that Eloise Midgen would return. So Ron says, I'd rather I, go alone than with, with Eloise Midgen, say. Yeah, I, I hate it. Her nose is off center. And Hermione says, so, so basically, you're going to take the best looking girl who will have you, even if she's completely horrible? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right, said Ron. Fuck off, Ron. Yeah, yeah. Like, Harry is very into Cho, but he doesn't have that same thing that Ron has. Like, he, Harry is- He has a normal crush. He has a normal crush. He can't really think about going with anybody else because he wants to go with Cho, so he's putting off asking anybody else. And he's happy to take Parvati. Like, he's not standing there going like, oh, whatever. But then when he does ask Parvati to go with him and says like, hey, what about your sister? Um... The line that he says in his head, and he went back over to Ron, feeling this ball was a lot more trouble than it was worth, hoping very much that Padma Patel's nose was dead center. Like, I feel like that is less a hairy issue and more just a hairy not wanting Ron to blow up. (laughs) Like, yeah, but just the fact that, like, yeah, like I sort of read that as Harry like making fun to himself of how. But, like, it's so gross that he even has to think about this because Ron is such a jackass. Yeah. Yeah. So. I do really love the... I I really love Ginny in the scene when Harry comes back to the common room after asking Cho out and Ron has just asked Fleur out. Yeah. And I think Ginny in this scene is shows, like, the most maturity out of anyone so right. far with this whole 
Yule Ball situation. Um, this is also one of the first times we've ever had an interaction with Ginny. Since book two, yes. yeah. Since book two, and she was barely in that book. Yeah. Yeah, now you get to start to see her actual personality and why we, the fandom loves her. Um, yeah, it took long enough. I, really, I, I also really like the implication that she and Hermione are close. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hermione needs other friends besides Ron and Harry. Like, the implication here is time with Ginny. That, Gin- that Hermione has told Ginny who she's going with, yeah, right? Ginny knows who Hermione is going with. I just, I wish we had gotten, like, I like Fred and George, but I wish we had way more Ginny and way less of them. Mm-hmm. Fair. Throughout these books, and I'm sure she, I mean, I know she plays a bigger role later on, but, like... Often... I think she she will be in it, obviously, a lot more now, but um, often she is, like, in connection with Fred and George. Like, it's often the three of them together. Um, yeah, she's clearly closest with them. Which, like, it's because she is closest with the twins, yeah. Which I understand, but also, could we please have just any other female main characters mm-hmm. good good mm-hmm. news Please, um they graduate next year yeah the twins the twins graduate next year so they will not be the center of attention of the weasley it's just frustrating and this comes back to the whole thing we were saying with how jkr does women yeah just like hermione having to be like everything mm-hmm. yeah um because she's the only girl who's like a focus point of this story which is cool (laughs) Uh uh-huh so one of the things about book four that we've mentioned before is there's at least to our fandom knowledge a little bit less fan fiction fix it stuff in book four because it's more of a fun book than the other books um there's some Mm -hmm. interesting rewrites of school age fic that uh exist for the entire series and so book four is included in it i've read one where the tournament still happens but it's a soulmate fic and and harry and draco are soulmates and they figure it out in in book two right so like there's things like that but um one of the things that i wanted to mention is the yule ball in its entirety is much like the ferret incident is much like the late making um badges that are to make fun of Harry, his mm-hmm. deepest crush. This is just great fan fiction fodder for down the line, right? Like I tend not to read school age fix anymore. When I was school age, I read school age fix because they were the same age as me and that appealed a lot more. It doesn't appeal to me anymore. So I don't really re- read them. But I will say that the fic that I do read, which is sort of down the line, 10, 15 years in the future fic, this is still referenced. And I feel that to my bones. Like I will, I am now many, many years out of high school. um, And Mm -hmm. my high school friends and I will still make fun of each other for shit that went down in high school. Like explicit Mm -hmm. moments. Like I- Yeah, definitely, same. Prom still comes up on a regular basis, right? So like, it makes sense to me that the Yule Ball is something that comes up regularly. The Yule Ball is also just a really fun, like, and- it's just a fun and easy concept to bring into fandom, like, gatherings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because you can just have a Yule Ball and it's 
gonna be great. Exactly. Yeah. I have a question about that actually. Is this only an event that happens when there's a tournament on? Theoretically, but I think it could happen at any time. Because like so I don't know how, you know, uh UK schools do, but like American schools usually have multiple dances. Several dances every year, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like a once in a lifetime event. I think the Yule Ball is meant to be like prom. Which is weird because it's like it's this huge deal. Like prom obviously in US schools is a huge deal, but it also happens every year. Yeah, I don't know. Is she I mean it doesn't happen again in the books. But I have seen fic where like after the series, the Yule Ball is instated like once every four years or something, or once every seven years. So everybody gets a Yule Ball at their time at Hogwarts or whatever. So I have seen that. And I think it's a smart yeah. thing to do, right? Like, I think I was reading a kid fic where Draco has a kid and that kid has to like prep for his first Yule Ball or whatever. Yeah, like going to prom for the first time is a big deal. Going to your senior prom is a big deal, like when you're about to graduate. Yeah, and I mean, like my high school only like, had senior prom. Same. You could go if you were invited. So it was a lot like the Yule Ball if you weren't a senior. So I went twice. I went as a junior and as a senior, but that was because I was invited. Right. So it is actually very similar to this because that was something that Jenny said, right? Is like, I'm going with Neville because no one else is asking me. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able, able to go. go. Yeah. It's fourth years and up. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because the author was like, all right, I need an event. Yeah. Time for a dance. And then just never needed to do it again, like for narrative purposes. But I mean, it definitely isn't needed for it's the, yeah, it's definitely not needed for narrative purposes. Well, I don't think it would fit in, well, I mean, in this book, but in future books, I don't yeah. think it would. And has seen some Yule Ball fix. I'll try and find the one of the Draco Kid fic, but it was so long ago that I don't know if I'll be able to find it. And also, it's full of spoilers, so you can't read it. Um, <laughs> I can't read. I can't read anything. Uh, but if somebody has a Yule Ball fic of some kind, school age rewrite, whatever, send it to us. We'd love to read yeah. it. Um, also, for our English and UK friends, let us know what school dances are like. Yeah, yeah. Do they have, do they happen every year? Who gets to go? Yeah, American schools. You've got homecoming in the fall, and then generally prom or senior prom in the spring every year. Mm-hmm. Prom is, like, the much more formal, like, ball kind of thing. And then sometimes there will just also be, like, other dances. We have, as far as I know, this is most high schools in Canada. Is just, like, we have everyone has prom, and then you have regular dances, and then sometimes you also have a semi-formal in the fall. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's briefly talk about why the Dursleys, why did the Dursleys send Harry... A single tissue? Yeah, so this is... This is a... As an insult, I feel like. Like, it's more insulting to send a single tissue than to send nothing. But E, how did they send it? I don't know. Did, did Hedwig show up and be like, it's time to give your nephew... You know what? Probably. <laughs> I, that's actually a, thing, a thought that I've had in the past, is that the only reason why they send gifts is because Hedwig shows up and is like, you have to send a gift. And they yeah, like, and they're like, well, them. what? The, they like look for the first thing they can pick up, and then <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah. all right, here's a one dollar bill. That's totally possible. Um, but also, it is so much effort <laughs> <laughs> to send a single tissue. Like, mm -hmm. if it isn't Hedwig, then that is so much effort to put in for such a small insult. 
Yeah. I mean, it has to come by owl, right? Like, yeah. there's no, like, traditional male. Well, there may be, to, right? Like, not all... Hogwarts. Not all Hogwarts have owls, yeah. so... There may be, like, some sort of P.O. box situation outside of Hogsmeade. But their students would. Yeah, that's true. But the owl would have to go home. Yeah. I don't know. That would be a really... Um, I think I think my new headcanon is that there's a P.O. box outside of, or whatever the British equivalent of a P.O. box is, at, like, the nearest town near Hogsmeade, or maybe in Hogsmeade. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, Honestly, there. probably Something one that was that set I... up by Muggleborns, not by anyone that's just a normal, like, person in the school, because they don't care about, they don't think about the Muggleborns families, really. Or maybe they get something else in the envelope, right? Like Harry isn't treated as a Muggleborn, so we never see the like "Welcome to Hogwarts" envelope. But maybe the "Welcome to Hogwarts" envelope for Muggleborns has like instructions. Well, they also often have someone go and explain it to That's the parents. That's true. With now, I appreciate that, but that does not feel in character for this society. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there is. No guidance. Yeah. Because that's what happened with um this is not a spoiler. It's like that's what happened with like Harry's mom. Yeah. Lily. Somebody came like, to the Dumbledore house. went and explained. Or someone did. Yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um Hermione, take off your glasses and shake down your hair. Do not no. <laughs> I mean, good for her for like doing up her hair and dressing nice like even for people who don't like i've i was this person through high school like i did not dress nicely on a regular basis but i liked wearing a fancy dress once in a while but the fact that she like she is unrecognized like harry doesn't know who she is at first and then and ron doesn't even know who she is for a while the way that (laughs) harry and ron react is awful but good for her for doing her thing yeah yeah and for connecting with Crumb, who it sounds like yeah. is like a really sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, but we do need to mention the age difference. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I never thought about until we were talking about Crumb's age. But Hermione is, I guess at this point, she's 15 because she's a year older. But she's 15 yeah. and he is minimum 18. Yeah. That is a concern. That's a senior in high school going out with a sophomore in high school for context. Like average ages. Yeah. Or freshmen. freshmen or sophomore in high school with a senior. To me, the 1815 doesn't feel as bad as the 22, like the senior and then a college kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of how much your life changes once you leave high school and how much your life doesn't change while you're in high school. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because, like, like to me, to me, a senior in high school is not an adult. I guess is is where I come from. I think the thing that feels different about Crumb is that he feels like an adult because he is also a professional Quidditch player. See, there's and the like, problem, right? Because he is not just a high schooler. He isn't. Yeah, he's still working on his high school education, but he is yeah. a professional. Adult. Yeah. It's okay. Which Hermione is a professional weird. woman. She is mom. We covered this last time. TM. Yeah. 
does this relationship continue or is it just this date? Uh, it does. It, it doesn't continue. There, there's, I mean, it does continue this year, but, and like in the future she will, they write letters and then it kind of breaks off and that's it. But yeah, the, they're not together after this. Yeah. Year. It doesn't go bad. It's just a little bit uncomfortable to think yeah. about. They basically break up at the end of the year and then stay very close friends. It's the easiest way to talk about it. Um, That's not too It's bad. not. It's just in the moment, though. It's worrisome. Yeah. Like, Krem is not... Um, like, the way that you read him in this chapter is what he is basically like. He is not a... Like, he's a sweet yeah. guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, not trying to take advantage of a younger girl. He's not. Yeah, like what Ron says about... Uh, him trying to take advantage for like to get at Harry or whatever too like that's not no he's he just really (laughs) likes Hermione and he thinks that she's really smart and really pretty so yeah which is true um so I want to shout out actually the text in the book versus the movie here and also something that is in the fandom a lot um which is colorful clothing so in the book the dress robes for the men very hugely in color and fit and style, right? Draco is wearing a high-necked velvet black dress robe, which makes him look like yeah, a vicar. Ron's is like... Is like maroon with lace. And then Harry's is bottle green, which pretty much looks like his regular robes, but bottle green. Ludo Bagman is wearing purple with yellow stuff. Which is so much. Incredible. I want to see it. For those of you who hockey... Perhaps you remember um, Don Cherry and his ridiculous suits. That's how I picture Ludo Bagman, but younger. <laughs> yeah, also Don Cherry, big old racist. Um, anyway, I, I just think it's really fun. In the movie, they all wear black, and then all of the, the uh, Durmstrang guys wear like these um, red robes and all of the, I don't even remember what the Bobaton, the Bobaton men are, don't exist because in the movies they're an all girls school. Um, but so I really appreciate that in the book, everybody's wearing shocking colors and this continues in the fandom. Like there was a great Harry Draco fic that I read where like Draco is wearing like a really well cut purple suit and everyone has this like slightly more flamboyant clothing across all of the fandom i feel like the clothing is a little bit more exciting um and i do think that some of it is pulled from here which is kind of nice um and on that note the ones that i wanted to highlight uh Pervity and padma are described as wearing some traditional jewelry and then bright yeah, robes. but they are wearing dress they robes. are wearing dress yeah. robes in the yeah. movies they're actually wearing saris yeah. But according to the TikToker that I wanted to mm-hmm. shout out, uh, those are not actual sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Those are like they're she she's like the costume director should have just asked these girls to bring something from home because what they put on them was horrible. Yeah, it's not good. Um I was gonna say a, a British writer having no idea what people from India which is not a monolith, there are many, yes. many different cultures within that um i did want to shout out this uh we are doing our best to pronounce parvati and and padma's names correctly now which i have never have done because i found a tiktok uh her tiktok at is proma what up p-r-o-m-a what up and uh she did a 
great TikTok about how to pronounce their names properly and also why their costumes are wrong and various other things about those two characters. So Yes, we will link yes. that. She also uh, cosplays Parvati and it's wonderful. In the books, it's not very specific. It says dress robes, although that could mean anything. Yeah. But they are wearing what you would assume is like more traditional jewelry for fancy occasions. They talk about bangles and things. So yeah, it could be an illusion here in order to avoid having to do any research, which sounds like JKR. (laughs) Uh In the movies, also, uh, none of the girls are wearing dress robes. They're all wearing dresses. Also, I'm pretty sure all the boys are wearing suits. suits. Which I think is what dress robes are. Let me be clear. I don't think that these are... Wait, isn't there a line in the chapters about how their dress robes are just dresses? I just don't think that's real. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yes, it is. When when Ron is trying to fix his up, like he puts it on and Harry's narration is like, it did just look like he was wearing a dress until he took the lace off. Yeah, there was just no getting around the fact that his robes looked like more like a dress than anything else. In des- desperate attempt to make them look more manly, he used a severing charm on the ruffs and cuffs. Uh, on the rough end cuffs, it worked fairly well. At least he was now lace free, although he hadn't done a very neat job and the edges still looked depressingly frayed. Yeah, I just they are all wearing robes. It was just it just goes back to what what are robes? I still do not know because apparently Hermione's are like <laughs> floaty robes and uh, Pansy's are frilly robes and but they're all robes. I just don't think she thought this through. No, I don't think she thought it through either. I think she was thinking about normal fancy like dresses and suits and was just putting the word robes in there yeah (laughs) i could see it being um like tunic length and pants for the men i could totally see that that is somehow funnier to me i mean there's a lot of cultures that were like tunic length or knee length. i know but i'm thinking like because that's that makes me think it's more like they are dressing in like 1700s fashion like they're not they're not dressing in like a culture that uses that length of shirt right I wish they were wearing 1700s fashion. I mean, that's what, that's what Ron's is. (laughs) So that's why I'm wondering is like, is his, are all the robes like knee length with pant underneath? No, they don't wear pants. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just don't, I just, yeah. They're suits. They're wearing nice, well-fitted suits. They should all be wearing the super tight leggings that men wore in the 1700s. To show off their shapely calves. <laughs> this is uh, what I'm saying. Why is Ron so upset? <laughs> it's just so bad, and I refuse to acknowledge that they're wearing wizard robes. Um, I do wish that they had. Uh, I didn't. I did. I didn't like Hermione's dress in the in the movie, and no. I wish that they had made it periwinkle did they blue just and put her in like a. She's in pink, pinky purple. It's it's. Mm. Like I've seen some recolorings fine. on Tumblr where they turn her dress blue and it's way better. Ah, it just doesn't suit Emma Watson. It's also funny because like we've talked before about how Emma Watson doesn't look anything like Hermione is described in the books. And so because of that, they can't do the, oh, she looks completely different. She yeah. just looks the same because yeah. <laughs> Emma Watson is yeah. a beautiful human Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, shout out to Professor McGonagall, who was wearing a ro- dress robes of red tartan and had arranged a rather red tartan, u- ugly yes. wreath of thistles that is around the brim of her hat. An entire robe of tartan. So I was like, 
I, I'm picturing a specific tartan, but then I just had the thought right now is what if it's bu buffalo plaid, but it's definitely not because she's not <laughs> North American, but it just is <laughs> a funny idea. Donegal's just wearing yeah. a big flannel robe from L.L. Bean. Yeah, she's just wearing like a bathrobe. So yep. <laughs> I, I do want to read the description of Hermione here. Um, she had done something with her hair. It was no longer bushy, but sleek and shiny and twisted up into an elegant knot at the back of her head. Which, to, that's why she needed three hours. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also Straighten assuming- your hair takes so long. In the next chapter, she will explain to Harry how she did yeah. that. So. And assuming that Hermione is Black, like we picture her and would love her to, her to be for so many reasons, natural hair takes a lot of time. So. Yeah. Um, the description continues. She was wearing robes made of a floaty periwinkle blue material, and she was holding herself differently somehow. Or maybe it was merely the absence of the 20 or so books she usually had slung over her back. She was also smiling, rather nervously, it was true, but the reduction in the size of her front teeth was noticeable, was more noticeable than ever. Um, this is something that happened earlier that we didn't mention, but... Also, shout out to her for conning Madame Pomfrey to straighten her teeth for her. <laughs> she essentially got magic braces in an afternoon. Which who wouldn't if they could if you could do that? Yeah, if you had that option. Especially if your parents are dentists and you probably hear the horror stories of the like uh -huh. eighteen year long braces or whatever that her she probably heard because this is the nineties. There is not Invisalign, uh -huh. right? I also never understood this. Like she says something about like my parents want me to continue my brace. Does that mean she wears like something at night that's like straightening her teeth? That or might mean she had like a retainer. Yeah. Type of piece. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, she doesn't have braces. I feel like she would be described as having braces if she had braces. Do you, are you reading the British edition? Yeah. Does it not say that um, in the American edition? Let me... I have to find it. I don't remember where it was. <laughs> in the second chapter. Ah, uh, here it is. Um, I found it. And so in here... Oh, I got it. Yeah. So go ahead and read the mom and dad won't be too pleased uh, sentence. Yeah. She says, uh, mom and dad won't be too pleased. I've been trying to persuade them to let me shrink them for age, but ages, but they want me to carry on with my brace. In the American edition, it says, but they wanted me to carry on with my braces. Huh. Maybe that's just a different, yeah. A different, like, different dialect thing. But also she doesn't have permanent braces or she... My assumption was that she was going to be getting braces. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess. Anyway. Shout out to Hermione for taking it upon herself to... Get magic braces yeah, all at do once. That. Um, yeah, th there's just a lot of things happening in the Ewell Ball chapter. We're not going to go point by point. Um, the thing that I wanted to yeah. shout out was the pronunciation of Hermione. So... First time I knew how to pronounce her name. I had not considered that there was no indication of how that word is pronounced. I definitely called her Hermione until this book or, or whichever, whenever I saw the first movie. Yeah, because 11-year-olds don't know Greek. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I knew it, but I knew it was Hermione. And I used to have blow-up fights with a friend of mine when I was in middle school about <laughs> how to pronounce her name. Anyway, uh, yeah, the internet's sort of like MuggleNet and Leaky Cauldron and these fan sites that I used to frequent... Um, blew up because there had been a lot of argument about how to pronounce her name. Yeah. Because, like, this was an era on the internet where you didn't just have, like, dictionaries or resources you could and find that out immediately. And then Crumb ends up calling her Hermonini. Yep. 
which I close. Okay, I will say, I think Crumb's accent here is one of the less bad ones, mm-hmm. particularly because JKR has picked up on a grammar thing that is actually the case in um, speakers of Eastern European languages, where their present tense verb translates to our like progressive tense verb. So, like, let me find what he says, but he's like. In summer, we are flying every day. We are flying. That is genuinely a thing yeah. that, like, Russian mm-hmm. speakers do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Not too bad. She got one thing fine. I wish she didn't write out the pronunciations, because that's still bad. But The Vs instead of Ws. <laughs> yeah. Um, Parvati had seized his hands, placed one around her waist, and the other was holding... Uh, and was holding the other tightly in hers. It wasn't as bad as it could have been, Harry thought, revolving slowly on the spot. Parvati was steering. Shout out to Parvati. And shout out to Parvati. Um, the rest of this chapter is just Harry and Ron being absolute assholes. And then Harry. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Do we need to talk about Harry and Ron being assholes? They barely say two words to their Yule Ball dates. And yeah, then... They don't, they're not good to Parvati and Padma. Ron didn't need to have a partner. No. Like, he could have just come or not come, and it would have been fine. And then he's an absolute asshole to Hermione about Crumb. He's so rude to Hermione. And he's just coming up with, like, more and more reasons. He's just making them a whole cloth. In a better universe, this would be because Ron is jealous that he didn't get to go with Crumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yes rather than jealous that he didn't get to go with Hermione yeah in a better world yeah I will say when we get to the movie I don't like the way that this scene ends in the movie because I I like it better that Hermione and Ron are having a blow up fight in the common room and Hermione is yelling at him rather than it ending with Hermione just crying which is what it is in the movie she does still get the line in she gets the line, but it's it's a she. It feels like she's less in control in the movie than she is in the book. Yes, to me. Also, in the movie, e they have this in the great hall, that big blow up moment. Yeah, they are they are having this blow up fight in the in the entrance hall. Yeah, with everyone. There are people around. She is not the only girl crying and rubbing her feet on the stairs at the end. There's clearly like some drama that has happened. There's like miscellaneous teenagers comforting each other on the stairs behind her but yeah she like peels off one of her heels and rubs her feet and is crying Mm -hmm. at the end of that scene yeah let's jump quickly to cedric and then finish with hagrid yeah yeah cedric is not as good at giving clues (laughs) no he's trying to be a good sport but he's also trying to be secret about it harry was like it's a dragon learn how to fight a dragon and cedric's like you stink you should take a bath (laughs) to be fair he does at least but like introduce the topic that he is talking he does say about. bring the like bring the egg with you he does he does say that he's talking about the golden egg yeah to start the conversation so at least that's something but he says does yours wail when you open it yeah said harry well uh take a bath okay maybe he's like second guessing whether he should tell him yeah like, probably a, an actual clue they're also in a public space yeah they are in a public space they're in a much less private space than harry got for cedric which was like bells are ringing split his bag open they're the only two ones in the hallway that is not the case here yeah yeah he's doing he is doing his best poor cedric he has no idea why uh, harry's being rude to him also also in the movie cho is wearing 
a very poor imitation of a traditional Chinese formal wear. Oof. Cool. We will talk about show. We will glad that they got them both wrong at once. We will talk about show in book five. Just, just we know, y'all. We know. We know. Yeah. Give us. We know. There will be Cho-centric scenes and chapters that we can talk about. Um, Hagrid. Also, just just people are making out in rose bushes. <laughs> are these magic thornless rose? What? <laughs> just. Yep. Rose thorns are horrible. They're horrible. As someone who used to work in a flower shop and had to remove those thorns from all of the roses before putting them in bouquets, they are not pleasant to touch, even or brush against lightly. Yeah. So the the fact that Roger Davies and Fleur are like standing up inside of a rose bush, which I guess is supposed to be their height, but I think it's way funnier if it's only waist height. And then they fall over further into the rose bush. Like, what? Also, Snape blasting open the rose bushes. Rude. Let the teens have their yeah. fun. <laughs> Don't be a narc. All right. Hagrid. Hagrid just wants to have a friend. E, did you guess this? Yeah. I don't, I thought it had already been said. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised that this was new information. And I'm surprised that it is new information because if it is coming up here, like the author put this here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine what that reason is. It, it, there's a reason. Um, yeah, I it is baffling to me why this is here. It doesn't fit. Yeah. It is a thing, yeah, it is a it is a thing that does not does not connect to anything else that is happening in this book and it is going to be like re- relevant to something in the next book, but Oh, good. It's one of those. It's relevant in this book for reasons. Uh, well, okay, okay, yes, you're right. But is that part also relevant to the plot of this book or is that just a side thing that isn't actually necessary to be in this book, Zoe. It's not necessary, but the completion of this particular plot is in this book. Yeah, okay, that's fair. There are implications and important ones for future books, but this particular plot line is wrapped up within this book. Sure. Like, it is in character for Hagrid to just spill his entire emotions to anyone who is remotely friendly to him. Like, yeah. understandable. But mm-hmm. why at the prom... Why is this romance? What's it what's it doing in this chapter? I mean, yeah. So I can't remember if I talked about this on recording before about the um Gilly Prophets headcanon about Hagrid. Did we talk about that on recording or was that just me telling you guys? I don't remember. So they had a headcanon that they they kind of thought of in I think book two and then they did a whole like hour and a half episode just on that talking to a prominent trans activist in LA because they read Hagrid as a trans woman a closeted trans woman Mm. and which is it's just a very interesting episode that I highly recommend I'm going to look up actually which episode it is right now because it's not you don't have to have listened to the rest of their show to listen to it um uh anyway but this this scene is a thing that they were thinking of as like they're like this is a this is literally a coming out scene yeah 
the chapter or the episode is 7B. Hagrid is Snow White, and they talk to uh, May Rude, who is a cool. prominent trans activist in a uh, trans woman activist in LA um, about their theory. And it's a really interesting episode and a really interesting theory that, like, obviously doesn't have any grounds in actual canon because of who J.K.R. is, but... Because the author hates trains with more than anyone else on Earth. But they were... The things that they pull out of the canon to explain their theory are very compelling. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting episode. Highly recommend 7B, Hagrid is Snow White of the Gaelic Prophet. And we will see Maxime... Well, will we see Maxime again? We will hear about Maxime again. We'll hear about Maxime after this book. I think she's here. Yeah, she's here for the rest of the book. You'll hear about her in future books. You don't see her again, but she's around. Ah. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that this is actually a really interesting view into Hagrid's childhood. Um, Yes, definitely. It is a good backstory on Hagrid. Mm -hmm. What a good little dad he had. By the time I was six, I could lift him up and put him on top of the dresser if he annoyed me. And we don't have to talk about how it does not make sense for uh, human giants to happen. Uh, yeah, we also have someone who's a quarter Vila, so like, don't even worry about it. Yeah, but at least Vila are human-sized, anyway. I was gonna say, at least the person, the person uh, carrying the child was the giant. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be. So that's why it's fine in 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 Hagrid's. But he does ask. He does ask Maxime, "Was it your father or your mother?" So. Anyway, we don't we don't need to go anywhere any any further down that path. It is really interesting Ron's explanation about giants. Yeah, I like the Harry's re- Harry's like non non reaction and Ron's reaction is very indicative of wizarding society's views on giants. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to note that this is a very common description in fantasy of giants. Yeah. Yeah, of them being violent and, like, having to be stamped out by humans. Mostly indistinguishable from trolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, larger and more dangerous. Yeah. Probably more, with more, I mean, obviously in this, it seems like they have human-like intelligence. Yeah. Whereas trolls probably don't. In this world, yeah. In this world, in this world. Yeah. And that's sort of all of the plot beats. Like, it's it's not... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the last, the last thing is just Ron and Hermione screaming at each other. Yeah, Harry, well, he's pulled aside by Cedric, and he comes to the common room after Ron has already been there, and just, like, walks mm-hmm. directly in onto uh, Ron and Hermione, screaming at each other from ten feet apart. A blazing row, as the British edition yes. calls it. <laughs> and uh, I do love that Hermione understands what this argument about, even though Ron doesn't, which is next time there's a ball, ask me before someone else does and not as a last resort. Yeah. Again, Hermione, the most emotionally intelligent <laughs> of the trio Although in this book. Although Harry definitely knows what's up. Harry didn't say anything. Harry knows what's going on. Yeah. He, yeah. Says, um, he somehow thought that Hermione had gotten the point much better than Ron had. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if there were any. I don't know if Harry's like just cottoning onto this now, or if he had an idea before. I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he had an idea before. I I think yeah. he he probably subconsciously understands what's happening, but he doesn't consciously acknowledge it until this moment. Yeah, this is the moment yeah. where it's like, 
Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Harry and Ron will continue to have conversations about how baffling girls are. And uh, Ron is worse, but Harry is also not great. Harry mostly is quiet during those conversations. Yeah, that's true. He's mostly like, I don't get it. And if I were his friend, I'd be like, because you're queer and you should also go and explore men. And then you will have some understanding <laughs> yeah. of how relationships work. Also, you should have... Yeah. You should have more friends who are also girls. Also have more friends that are girls. Harry, Harry has more friends that are girls than Ron does. Yeah, because he has the whole Quidditch team, half of which are girls. Yeah. And later on, you've got Luna as well. And I would say mm -hmm. very much Luna is one of Harry's closest friends. Yeah, Harry and Luna have a closer relationship than like Ron with any other girl. Yeah, for yeah. Ron, it's just Hermione. Um, and Harry has... Ginny and Alicia and Katie and Angelina and Luna. Yeah, Ron is worse. Ron is way worse. <laughs> it turns out other genders are not mysterious if you actually, like, talk to them. Talk to them. <laughs> and aren't a teenager. To be fair, all genders are mysterious when you are a teenager, sometimes also your own. Yeah. Even your own. Especially your own. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah, it is not out of character and it is not... Ron is a very... Like, you, we know, everyone knows a person like Ron yeah. in high school. Yes. He's frustrating, but he's not unrealistic. Yeah. And that's sort of it. There isn't a lot that happens here. We kind of went plot beat by plot yeah. plot beat, which is not something we like, like to do anymore. But... There's, the little, there's the little note about uh, Snape and Karkaroff having a cryptic conversation, and that's about it. Yeah, there's them. There's Rita Skeeter attempts to interview Hagrid but doesn't get anything from him, which is very funny. Uh -huh. She just wants to get some dirt on Harry because her writing about his him being tragic is, is getting boring. Yeah, so next time... Next time we will be reading uh, chapters 24 to 26, Rita Skeeter's Scoop, The Egg and the Eye, and The Second Task. This book actually, like, cuts up really nicely. Like, Rita Skeeter's Scoop is going to be wrapping up the thing we were talking about at least a little bit. Uh, and then the next two are all about the second task. And I'm impressed by how well this sectioning has worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to read along, those are the next chapters that we will be writing, writing, not writing, rewriting. Yeah, we're, perhaps. Uh, we're, we're, we're expanding our scope. We're going to rewrite the books as we read them. <laughs> this is turning into an audiobook, actually not a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> an audiobook of our AU fanfic. Any any last thoughts? No. I didn't like this section as much. I think mm -hmm. just because teen relationship drama doesn't really it's do it for me. Yeah. And also the house elf stuff is just so unbelievably frustrating. Mm-hmm. But like I can't I can't enjoy it when that happens. I absolutely love the teen drama. Big fan. <laughs> yes. Oh, good, for, good for you. I I, I am ambivalent. <laughs> I do not care either way about the team drama. All right. Uh, I have been Adela. You can find me on Twitter at, at Aredel, A-R-E-D-H-E-L underscore underscore. And uh, you can still back my Kickstarter campaign at uh, kickstarter.com slash projects slash Adela slash Wisp dash rpg it is almost 600 percent funded so yeah. i don't need it but if you want to get some cool stuff you can check it out 
buy a girl's cool game. Also, there's an actual play, sorry. There's an actual play of it up on my YouTube channel now, uh, which is Airedale Grace. I have been Zoe. You can find me on Twitter at Zoe Topaz, Z-O-E-T-O-P-A-Z, and buy my book, Ostentatious, The Evolving World of Jane Austen Fans, wherever books are sold. And you can find me at C-E-L-1-0-E on Twitter. You can find the show at Potternot on Twitter and Tumblr. You can find more music by our wonderful composer, Morgan Jackson, uh, at wedidthetimewarpagain.bandcamp.com. I feel like that wasn't that short, but it felt short. I think there's probably <laughs> stuff we can cut. Oh, for sure, stuff we can cut. Yeah, it'll be shorter. Adela from the future narrator voice. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>